0: Okay, so today's daf is ayin bet. In Yoma, we are, if you go to the wide lines in the bottom of ayin aleph amud bet, and you go up nine lines from the wide lines, that's where we are. It, where it says, um, where it starts, uh, it starts where it says, Moszar, right? Moszar zar shmona minalan. How do we know that the word Moshzar that it's twisted threads, how do we know that means eight strands? Moshzar. So it mentions that on the bottom of the Me'il, the coat of the Kohen Gadol, the outer coat, on the bottom there were this rimonim. Rimonim are like these balls of that are hanging down, right? These colorful things that are hanging down on the bottom of the coat. And they had three fabrics. They had tchelet, gaman tchelet is uh, blue, gaman is usually purple, to is is uh, crimson red, right? And then it says moshzar. So you see that moshzar means twisted. So the thing is, v'aliv moshzar, moszar means parochet. And we learn from the parochet. The total amount in the parochet of each thread is 24. So you think that 8 is a lot. Okay, 24 because... Every, because we're going to see why they came to the number 24. So here, it's afghan, it has to be 24. So if you're going to make out of three fabrics 24, so that means each one, so the techelet component is going to be eight strings of techelet, twisted with eight strings of the argaman, twisted with eight strings of the tolat of the red. So you're going to have that, a very thick 24-strand, almost like a rope by that point, you know, that you're going to weave with. Okay? Because you have to have, for each one, it's three different fabrics. You have to have eight each in order to make the 24. So the Gemara asks, Why can't we learn from the Choshen and the Ephod? We learned there that Because when it comes to the Choshen and the Ephod, the breastplate and the sort of like apron thing that the Kohen Gadol wears, it's uh, it said there that the fabric was made from threads that were comprised of 28 strands. So why don't we say 28 strands? It says, no, because the rimonim don't have gold. We want to use something that, so we learn from the parochet that also doesn't have gold. Okay, okay. the choshen and the ephod are not just ordinary garments because they don't just have fabric, they also have gold woven into them. So we don't want to compare it to that. We compare it to the parochet that had 24. Threads. So, Adru on the contrary, D'Anin We should learn from garments. At least the Choshen is something a Kohen Gadol wears. Afaud something Kohen Gadol wears. Why would you compare it to the Parochet? The Parochet is a piece of the of the uh, uh, of the not the furniture, but like the you know the structure. Right? It's not, it's not something to be worn. avnet. We learned the number 24 not from the parochet. You're right. We shouldn't learn it from the parochet. We learn from the avnet, from the belt of the coin. So therefore, we have two positives. In other words, the belt is, doesn't have any gold in it, and it's a garment. And you have 24 threads, you know, th- 24 strands in each thread over there. So we say the same thing. About the me'il, about the coat. We're not going to compare it to something that has gold, and we're not going to compare it to something that doesn't have a, um, that isn't worn. So therefore, we have 24 as the number, and since we have three different kinds of fabric, so we have to have eight strands of each so that it's evenly distributed, right? So now it says, It says, make it, meaning when it's talking about the choshin. So which means, The reason why we don't learn from the Choshen to make 28 strands is because it says you should only make the Choshen that way because it says, Make it 28 strands, not anything else. No, the reason why we don't copy the 28 strands is because... It says, Vasita, you shall make sheyu kolasiotav shavot that it should be exactly equal and proportional." Vehechi navid, how would we do it? In other words, twenty-eight is not divisible by three evenly, and we want to make each one of the types of fabric right the same number of strands. You can't divide the twenty-eight. Right? You're not going to be able to do it. So, if we do 10 strands of each, that's 30. Not, right? So then, Navi, trade the Tisha Tisha. Maybe we could do two of the types of fabric. We'll use nine. That gives us 18. And one of them, 10. So, The problem is that we cannot... Um, find a number. Uh, if we have only three types of fabric and we want to make from three types of fabric evenly distributed to make 28, it will not work. So, therefore, we have to use the number uh, 24 instead. And that number gives us eight strands from Tchelet Argaman and Tolachani to make the rimoni. So now it says, Me'il The coat itself had strands that were made of 12, um, uh, a str- that had a thread that was made of 12. Okay? Not eight, it had 12, so how do we get, so instead of 888 to make 24, we have 12. So it says, how do we get that? It says that the me'il should be completely techelet. And Rashi says, doesn't just mean ke'il, it means gedil. It means it should be something made of two strands. Right? Gedil usually means something that is braided, that's made of more than one strand. And we learn from the parochet. That just like over there, it says that each, st- each thread... That was combined for the parochet. Even though in the end there were four different materials. So it ends up being 24 altogether. But each material, there were six of each. So Afkan Shisha. So you're going to have six here as well. We're making it all of techelet, but we're making... In other words, it says there should be double. So really, if you're following the rule of the parochet and you have only one material, which is techelet, so it should be six. But since it says kilil uh, techelet, it says that means double it, make it 12. So you're going to have a thick string of, or a thick thread made of 12 strands. But wait a second, we just learned that the rimonim that are hanging off the bottom of the me'il, that are those little circles or spheres that are hanging off the bottom of the me'il, we said that those are, are you know, are made of eight. Each thread is made of eight. So why here you have to go to, uh, why are you doing it differently? Why don't we have the same Um, as the Rimonim itself says, no, we should say that it's 8 and 8 instead of 6 and 6. There's no, we don't want to do that because the um, because the, the rimonim that are hanging on the bottom are just an adornment of a kli. They're just a decoration. Whereas the kli itself, meaning the vessel itself that's worn, that's the primary thing. We're going to compare it to another primary thing. We're going to compare it to the parochet, not to the rimonim on the bottom. But then the Gemara asks again, Adraba danin gufo me gufo? You should learn it from itself. In other words, its own rimonim have threads that are comprised of eight strands. Ve'in danin gufo alma. Why should you go look at the parochet to find that it should be six strands when you should learn from itself that eight strands. So it says, no, that's what we had in the Brita before. That's why we said before, other bigadim, where the word shesh is not used, we we learn from the extra word that shesh applies to everything, that the default is, like the default number is threads of six strands. So we're going to go with the default number of six for this and therefore since it has to be doubled, it's going to end up with 12. So now it says, Parochet, So, how do we get the 24 uh, threads or the 24 strands per thread in the Parochet? Because, dalid shita, right? Because, there's no question, there's no judgment, and there's no judge, meaning it's obvious. Since there are four things the Parochet is made out of, right? Um, which is we have four things. And so so each one has to have six strands to be complete. So therefore, you end up with 24 strands. That's easy. Now, How do you know that it should have 28 strands for the Choshen and the Ephod? The Choshen is the breastplate that has, you know, all the um, stones in it. The Ephod is like the sort of like um, apron that has straps and that goes down. Okay, so um, so where do we get that? Where do we get the 28 from? So there, what do you have? You have gold, which is the blue. Argaman is usually interpreted as purple. Tolachani is the red. Okay, it's already four things. But then you have Shesh morzad. Then you have the um, linen, which is twisted. So what does that show you? So the four materials that you have, the blue, and the gold, and the red, and the, the white, the shesh the, the regular linen, right? You have of each of those four, um, each of those four materials, you always have a minimum of six strands, like we said before. So that's Esrin v'arba'ah, that's already 24. Zahav, Arba'a. And then the gold you make, you incorporate the gold with one strand per other material. In other words, so there since you have four materials and each of them is going to be six strands, so you have gold, only four strands. So Gemara asks, "Hi, so that brings you to twenty-eight, but Vemazav Zav Na How do you know that all the other materials you have six threads, six strands to make the thread, but gold is only four? Why? Why do we have to? Why do we have to be so uh, uh, conservative about the gold? But a little more gold, right? You have to keep my uh, family in business, you know. So khabar Yaakov said, the pasuk that you cut the ptilim, you cut the the way that they made the golden threads is they sl- they slice it very very thin into thread, right? So petil, ptilim areikand dalit already means two, so ptilim means four. So we learn from the pasuk that it says ptilim that it means four. But now Rav Ashi says no la asot betochat techelet algaman. It says that you should make a, in the midst of in the middle of the techelet and the argaman you make this, uh, you make this. So, how do you do it? If we make for each one of the materials two threads of gold, so that's going to end up with eight threads of gold. So, you could do um, two of the materials will have two threads of gold, and two of them will have just one, okay? But that but, but that won't work because we said that it always has to be equal. In other words, if we had two of the materials have a double string of gold and then two have just one, that will bring us to six. In other words, but that, but then it won't be even. So therefore what does he say? He says, it has to be even. So what do we do to make it even? We say there's four materials. Each one is in other words, the gold has to be incorporated, interwoven into the other materials. So if we we don't do it, if we do it too many, in other words, if we do two threads of gold for each one, it's going to be too many. It's going to come to eight. So we want to do it, uh, so that would make it more than the other materials. We want to, we, but on the other hand, if we make it um, two, two, and uh, and one, one, so that it matches, so there's six threads of gold, but then they won't be evenly distributed because some materials will have interwoven with them uh, two threads of gold, and some will have interwoven with them only one thread of gold. So therefore, we say each material, each one of those four things has one thread of gold that is interwoven with it. Now, if a person tears the Begdei Kehuna, he gets malchot; he gets whipped. It says, because it says regarding the Begdei Kehuna, when it's talking about the Me'il, actually, it's talking about the coat of the Kohen Gadol. It says, it should not be cut. It should not be torn. Mativla Rav chabar Yaakov, Rav Chavah Yaakov said, "How do you know that that's a that's a mitzvah not to tear it?" Maybe it means that what you should do is make a hem on the bottom of the coat because that's actually what it's talking about there. It says, "Make a safa, make a hem on the bottom." Right? So maybe it's just telling you, make a hem on the bottom so it doesn't tear. The same reason why you have hems on clothing, it doesn't tear. It doesn't get loose, right? So, mm-hmm. If that were true, that it's just describing why you make a hem, it would have said, make a hem, so that it doesn't get torn. It doesn't say that. It says, it shall not be torn. Meaning, nobody should tear it because it's a lo to tear the big day kehona. And then it should say, Amar, not ve'amar. Amar Rabbi Elazar. Two other things we're not supposed to disturb. One is the choshen is supposed to be on the ephod, fixed on the ephod. The ephod is the, um, is like the apron that goes, it's very colorful, that has the straps on the top. The choshen is fixed onto the front of it. That's why it's called, you know, the choshen, ha sometimes, right? The choshen is, is almost like attached to the, it's attached to it, right? You hook it on. You hook it on and around the bottom and above the on the shoulders you hook it, so you 're not allowed to take it off it doesn 't get taken off, so anybody removes it. It's a lotasev. I'm a It also says not to remove the staves, the sticks, the handles from the aron. Also, you're not supposed to. That's a lotasev to remove those. lo It says lo You shouldn't take the choshen from off of the ephod. When it talks about the um, the sticks, the handles of the aron, it also says they shouldn't be removed. So i the Again, Rabbi Chabai Yaakov objects. He says vidilma. Right? He says, how do you know that it means that there's a low se committed if you remove the choshen from the efod? Or if you remove the staves from Naron? Maybe it's just describing, make it so well that it doesn't come off. It's just describing the quality of the work. Right, means it should be done so tightly and nicely that it doesn't come off. Right, doesn't shouldn't come off. That's how you're you're reading it already translated for you according to the what the, the, they're saying. But I'm saying if you if you don't look at it, if you look at it with fresh eyes, it could say it, it's saying make the effort, attach it. Velo yizach Don't let the choshen come off the effort. Meaning, make sure that it's on tightly. That could be what it means. Right. So now we're saying me if it were true that it's describing how the quality of the work, then it might have said "shit." Now, really, the Torah rarely, if ever, uh, says she. Um, it would say "asher" usually, and the Torah doesn't use the the uh, shortened version of she. But the point is that it should it would say "so that." It doesn't say "so that." Um, it just says. Um, it should not be removed. So he's taking that to be a low ta'aseh. Now, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina raised an objection, it says in the hook, in the um, sort of tabaot, uh, or uh, the... Um, Rings of the Aaron, so they inserted the sticks in there, right? Lo they shouldn't come out. and it says, and this this is not the right pasuk. Rashi clearly doesn't have it, and the Bach corrects it. Should say vehevvetata tabadim batabot, because that vihuvat badab batabot is talking about the Mizbech, It's not talking about the uh, the Aaron. We're talking about the Mizbech, So so we're, and we're talking about the Aaron. So we need et etabadeim batabot. Okay, so you should bring the sticks in the rings, meaning that it sounds like they move around. The answer. So, on one hand, it says they should not move. On the other hand, it says, which sounds like they do move around inside the rings. Okay? So, it's saying the answer is that they made it that it was thick on the ends and thin in the middle. So, it could actually slide a little bit, but it couldn't come off. You know, like if you have something that you want to stay attached, like let's say you wanted to put a bar, you want to put a, uh, a bar uh, across something, like let's say sometimes like a towel bar or something like that. So you put it in and it has like a thick at either end, so it doesn't like slide off. But it it sort of can still move in there. It just slides a little bit. Um, they, it's saying they pushed it hard. I think Rashi says that they did it. They did it. Um, Rashi, I think, addresses that. He says, he Put it in like He squeezed it in tightly, but Both then it wouldn't come tight. off easily. very tight. Right, it was very tight, squeezed in, but then since it's thick, so it won't come off easily. Once you get it in, it would be hard. It's not impossible. Obviously, it would be possible to get it out, it would just be hard to get up because it's thick, yeah. Maybe they so. No, I don't think don't so know. No They first know. made the ring Then they put cause it says They put it in So they, they put it in after But you could You know You have things like that Where you can put it in And once you get it in uh, Good luck getting it out You know Like sometimes There's a lot of things like that no, They go one way no. Yeah they go one way Not the other Childhood we had bicycles handle was yeah. plastic Yeah I, so I remember that They yeah. put the plastic In hot water So it opens up Once it's on there, it doesn't come off, right? Yeah, yeah, you have things like that, sure. So it says that you should put the sticks Uh in the Aron. You might think that they wouldn't move, but it should say, if it says put them in or insert them, you would think that they come off and they come on. Right? right? So the Talmud Lamar, that they have to stay there, they always stay there. Meaning that they, um, that they can move, but they don't come off. Okay, in other words, they would move around, they could be adjusted, moved a little bit, slide, slide them around, but they don't come off. What does it mean when it says, When it talks about the mishkan, it talks about the outside of the courtyard, right? The outside part of the mishkan. Yep. It was made from what? Right, wood uh, uh, standing. Antarctica. Right, so it says, <laughs> that it was, it was uh, wood that was, st- acacia. What I think it's called in English, right? Omdim, um, <laughs> standing up. Sha derech delatan. That we learn that that means that it has to be standing up the way that it grew. Just like we say about lulav and etrog, that you have to hold it the way that it grows. So the same thing was, the wood was cut from the trees, but then when it would stand, it would stand in the same way that it stood when it was in nature. Mm-hmm. So if it was the trunk of the tree, it would be facing upwards. Oh, now, the- cut into square... Yeah, so they would have to no, like uh, tapered. It was like tapered and came down. Uh, yeah, Peter, Peter. yeah. So omdim means she midin It's Should probably say right that it that it keeps its it holds onto its tipoy because they would make it after they uh, they overlaid it with gold also. Right, but it was wood. But they put an overlay of gold and it held on. And it said that they actually used nails to hold it, Rashi says. Meaning that it was attached there tightly. I thought it was silver cups. They could. That's on the bottom. You're bottom thinking about the bottom. Silver on the top of gold. Gold, you're talking? Yeah, it inserted on those silver adanim yeah, 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 on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. Right, that's, that's on the bottom. But the rest was covered in gold? That's to say, it has tzipoyim, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's yeah, it has tzipoyim. So um so, and it says either it means Mamidin that, that it was attached tightly or it means that it didn't go it didn't get ruined, meaning it didn't flake off or uh, become you know, yeah. It stayed it stayed in good condition, She Mamidin. She means Maybe you'll say we're never gonna see them again. They're gone because uh they got lost, they were put away during you know, during ancient times, they're never gonna see them again. No, Tamunomar Omidim Sha Omdim that um that this uh, that the Mishkan is somewhere, we're gonna find it again, we're gonna see it again. And therefore it says Omdim, um meaning it's standing there somewhere permanently that we're eventually gonna see it again, even though right now it seems to be hidden from us. We'll get to see it again, that's what the so possible um, means. Umdim means both. That they're they're giving different interpretations. They're saying the word omdim um is extra. It could have just said make it out of atseh with what's atsey shitim, omdim, omdim. So it says, oh, either it means that it's omdim um means the way that it's standing, or it means mamidim, that it supports the and and preserves the the uh, overlay that is on it, or it means omdim that it's going to be there forever. Or it's meaning it's yeah. forever. The word omdim is extra. Yeah, or that's an, that's that's a shot of it. That's a shot of it that it's straight up and not not horizontal. That's a shot for sure. Or now, uh, so now it says when it talks about the um, the, the Right. So Rashi uh, says it's lashon sarid survivor. Okay, what does it mean, survivor? Il lo shel Now, whenever the Gemara wants to say something bad about the Jewish people, it calls it shel yeah. yisrael. But it really means the Jewish people, right? It's, it calls it the haters of the Jews because it doesn't want to say a bad thing. What it means is without yeah. the big day yeah. and the korbanot that the Kohanim bring and the kapra that they bring, the Jewish people would have been destroyed. So that's why it's called big day because it allowed us to survive. Rabbi Nachmani Amar, Rabbi Nachmani said, the very Shmuel could be, I'm not sure. The Vayrabi Ishmael, it should say according to the bottom. Tana Begadim Shagurdinotan Kibriatan Miklehen it says that what they, the reason why it's called the dias is because actually when they made the clothing they didn't make it in pieces they made it as one thing on the like the loom they made the the clothing in one shot and then they left something from it they left a little bit did leave they left off some part to so on the question is wait a second we learned that you're not supposed to make it you're not supposed to make it pieces that are sewn together. It's supposed to be woven as one thing. It says which means woven as one thing not put together as pieces. Right? All of the coin yeah, we're talking about right now. It's talking about all of them. Yeah, so, the hand, meaning the, the, um, the sleeve is, uh, was separate. That was, the only thing that was a separate piece was the sleeves of the Kohen Gadol hayat. it would reach all the way down to the hands of the, of the, um, of the Kohanim. So it, I guess it was made to size because the, uh, in other words, the rest of it was made a stand, you know, it was made standard size maybe, but the, uh, the one size fits all. But, uh, uh, but the the sleeves had to be made to size because it was too long, too short. It wouldn't fit right. You know, that's one of the interpretations I heard about the ketonet pasim that it means. So she, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. But here it's saying this, that, this is about the coin gadol. Amrach va'amrav Yehuda. Shalosh aronot sabitzalel. Bitzalel made three aronot. We know that it says that the uh, the aron was uh, was overlaid on the outside and the inside with gold. So how did they actually do it? So et tishah. There was a and now the Torah describes the um, the uh, the Aaron so it, as being um, gold on the inside outside, so, but overlaid with gold. So it's describing how. So it says there's a, there was a an, an inner uh, wooden Aaron that was nine tfachim high. Okay, Pnimi shel Then there was inside it. A uh, shmona, an eight tefach tall um, inner uh, piece, inner uh, Aaron, and then chitzon asah and then there was one on the outside that was ten tefachim and a little bit more. In other words, what you had was they inserted in each other because basically, because the the one that was of wood had a, a thickness on the bottom of one tefach, so in order to be as high as that, it had to, the one on the that's uh, that's outside of it. In other words, in order order to fill the 9 tefach one, you only needed an 8 tefach tall uh, inner one, right, and then the outer one had to be ten tefachim tall, so that it would cover both of them. Okay, because apparently the golden one that was on the inside was so thin that it barely, it didn't really count towards the calculation. So you had a ten tefach one on the very outside, inside that a nine tefach one, inside that an eight tefach one. The middle one was made of wood. The two, the outer one and the inner one were made of gold, and the, and and then they would they overlaid the the um, top part, obviously where the wood would be exposed with gold, so that the whole thing was gold. And then the Gemara says, wait a second, but then we say, didn't one other right to say that the outer box has to be 11, not only 10 but 11. The question is whether the golden one had a tefach of thickness or was totally thin and doesn't count towards the calculation. So that, that's why it would either be 10 or 11. The Torah says it's, that, it's, uh, that it's, you know, that the, the dimensions, when it talks about dimensions, it says, Amavachetzi. Right, that's the height. So it's, that's that's how it turns out to be. Um, the, you know, that's what the basis of the height of the Aaron is. So they had the um, since they were dealing with the uh, six tefach, um, six tefach uh, mas. So nine tefachim is is the total height. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all that goes inside. Do we have the size of the by It doesn't say the size, but it must have fitted there, yeah. So we can figure out the both size I guess you could guess how much we we did talk, it does talk about there's a there's a there is a that talks about the size of it. We learned it actually together that you know how how they fit exactly in the aron. There's a discussion of it, but it doesn't say in the Torah anywhere. It doesn't say in the Torah anywhere though. Now my mashu, what's the extra mashu, the extra additional uh, height of the outer box zero. that's the because it says Zer Zav Saviv it says you have to make a crown type of a decoration around the outside that's the extra piece okay oh, oh, and, and so that's what the Masha is and there are three kinds of crowns there are three places where you find that the Torah tells you to make a crown on the Mizbeach on the altar, on the Aaron that contained the Luchot Ha-Brit, and on the table, the Shulchan, the, uh, the, the crown of the Mizbeach, Aaron took it. Meaning to say, it re- the, the crowns on these things represent the different kinds of distinction and honor of the person. So the, so the crown of Avodah is the crown of the Mizbeach. Represents the crown of Kehuna, that the Aaron took it, so to speak. The Shulchan represents the crown of Parnassah, basically, the crown of material success that David Amalek took it. But the crown of Torah that's on the Aaron, anybody could take it, meaning it's accessible to everyone. Okay, now maybe you'll think it's less. Less significant than the honor of the Avodan, the Bezbeach, or the honor of the Parnassah. Talmud Lomar, Like it says in Mishlei. Through me, king's rule. The wisdom of Torah is really the basis of everything. The person who has knowledge of Torah is the one who ultimately rises up. Now Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan raised an objection, between, showed a contradiction between two psukim. Ketiv Zer, Ketiv Zer, Ketiv Zer, that even though the word is zar, Zain resh, usually zar means a stranger, somebody who is not a kohen, right? Or a stranger, right? And zer means a crown. So the, it doesn't put a yud in the Torah. So it looks like it could say zar, could say zer. We read it as zer. Zacha nasit lo zer. If you have zichut and you learn the Torah properly, it becomes a crown for you. But lo Zakha. If you don't have the proper zechut, then zara it becomes a stranger to him. In other words, he has, there's a certain zechut that is necessary. Rashi says, if you do it, lishma, if you learn with the proper intention, so then it becomes a crown. If you learn with improper intention, it becomes a stranger to you. Rabbi Yochanan also said, Rami, ketiv In one place it says that Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to make the aron himself. but then he didn't make it himself. He, he had, he, he delegated to other people what happened. <laughs> that shows you that a Tamil Khacham, the people in his city should do his work for him if they seem to that he has some project he's working on, they should do it for him and help him. So Moshe Rabbeinu was going to make the Aaron and the people ended up taking it and doing it for him. It says the outside and the inside of the Aaron are gold. And this is the most famous, Rashi quotes this in the Chumash, any Talmil Chacham that is inside is not the same as his outside. Meaning if he's not sincere, if he's fake on the outside, he pretends, oh, I'm, I, I know, and I'm, I'm so righteous, and I'm this, but secretly he's a corrupt guy. That, Person is not a real Talmir Chacham. Okay? Abaye item rabbah uh, bar They said, and I guess the text should probably have Amar in there somewhere. Uh, where should be? Amar, right? Okay. Nikran nitav. He's called disgusting, abominable person, or to Some Some texts have it. Should be Amar. Av, kin nitav, venelach, ish, shote, kamaim, avlat. This is a pasuk from Yov. Um, from, uh, uh, that it says that a person who is. Um, who is, is is disgusting? Is abominable? Who drinks avlat like water? Literally, that means he drinks corruption. Avlat is like uh, he drinks injustice like water. But they're interpreting it as ma'im, usually as a reference to toa. So it's saying a person is disgusting if he drinks water, meaning he's learning Torah and that, but he's Avla, really he's a corrupt person. So a corrupt person who learns Torah is even worse than a person who doesn't learn it all because, number one, because he makes the Torah look bad, he disgraces the Torah, but also um, you know, it's a uh, if a person, he's, he's making like a Chilu because he doesn't really, he's not authentic in his uh, in his representation of the of the values of Torah. And it's also in a way worse because he justifies his being bad because he says, I'm so righteous. I learned all this Torah so I can get away with doing all kinds of bad things and all that. Amar <laughs> Huh? Yeah. yeah. They, were all, they were all friends. They were all his all friends. They are all his friends. Okay. Yeah. It says, in uh, why does the foolish person have money in his hand to purchase wisdom but he doesn't have a heart to understand it meaning you you can go and try to learn but if you don't have the ability if you don't have the right heart you're not going to learn again when it says it really means they themselves but it's a way of being nice woe is to those who hate the meaning woe is to the but they don't have any fear of heaven they learn Torah but they're not they're not genuine, they're not sincere in their learning. So it's like a fool that goes to purchase wisdom but he doesn't have a heart, meaning he thinks he's gonna gain wisdom but it doesn't really penetrate inside. Mahriz Rabbi Anai, Rabbi Anai said, le Avid. Woe is to the person who doesn't have a courtyard but he makes he makes a gate for it. Meaning the the purpose of the Torah is a gateway to yirat Shemaim, closeness to Hashem. The person doesn't have any. He's a, he 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 doesn't have, he's not sincere in his yirat Shemaim, but he's learning Torah. It's like making a door. You front not a house. It goes to nothing, right? It's getting you nowhere, right? So amalu raval rabanan. Ravasa to the rabbis. Please do me a favor. <speaking in Hebrew> Don't get too he- too geinam. What does it mean too geinam? It's very funny. This this actually one of my rabbis told me this in yeshiva when we were. Uh, when I was a teenager, I remember him teaching this, but he, I don't remember him teaching this Gemara, but saying this idea. He said a person who learns but isn't really sincere in their learning, loses both worlds. He doesn't get this world because he doesn't enjoy the the pleasures of this world because he's sitting learning, but he's not really getting Olam Haba because he's not really sincere in what he's doing either. So he's not really achieve, achieving anything either. So he's getting two geinam. This world, he has geinam because he's suffering like uh, going through the motions of doing this religious stuff. He does, doesn't really mean anything to him. And then the next world, because it didn't mean anything to him, he doesn't Take anything so what's the good of it right then similarly I'm Rabi ben Levi my dictim zot ha torah she sam moshe zot ha torah she moshe is <laughs> this is the torah that moshe puts sam also means like a drug za kha na sed lo sam khaib if he um, uh, uh, has a zechut, meaning if he does things properly with the right intention, then it will be some it will be a medicine of life. But if he doesn't have the zechut, if he doesn't learn it properly, it will cause his death. And it's the same thing as I was saying before. In other words, it actually can make a person worse because they learn things and then it, they justify uh, living in a way that's not really the, the proper way because they can rationalize it and they have all this wisdom or they or they think that you know it alleviates their guilt. They did some such, such a it's about learning that they can go and do other things. If, per, if, he, if he's faithful to the Torah, it is a medicine of life. But if he is not, if he is not faithful to it, it is a, uh, um, a uh, medicine of death. It's like you know, I, I used to say the joke that um, you know, samim means drugs. You know, so I said that you see that Hashem is in favor of the legalization of drugs because he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, kach lecha samim. I he said, you "Yeah, to say something he wasn't." Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't. I'm, I'm, I, I didn't want to say that. That's too politically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> <speaking> Rabbi Yeshua Nachmani said that Rabbi Yonatan raised a contra- showed a contradiction between two psukim because it says, <speaking> It says on one hand that the laws of Hashem are are straight and they make you happy. Uchtiv <speaking> means it purifies you. That's more like a discipline. You know, it's a, it like. It, 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 you know. So one is sounds like it's all happy, you know, It's it brings you joy. The other one is like zeruf means like it, it's it's um, purifying, like uh, what, Crystalize. right? But it's it's more like to to get rid of the impurities, you know. Like it it has more of a a sense of a. Uh, 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 you know, a pain, painful experience. Uh-huh. Meaning if the person has the right zechut, then it will be a joy for him. If it's not, then it's going to cause him, uh, it's going to purify him. Meaning it's going to be a, an experience that's very difficult for him and, uh, and, and he's going to suffer. Right, so the uh, she says, It goes even further than that; that it's going to cause him suffering. It's going to cause him gehinam also, because he's going to end up learning for the wrong reasons and not gaining anything from his learning. It's going to be backwards, yeah. okay? But, but, uh, but the the reason why they see that as a contradiction is because trufa um, sounds like it means like the way that you purify uh, some impure thing; you boil out the impurities or something like that from the person. Out. Yeah, yeah, or or yeah, or. Uh, Usually, yeah, they use the example of gold, purifying the gold. Yeah, you could even see from one pasuk. You don't need two pasukim because it says "imrat It says that the that uh, the the words of Hashem are the, uh, you know purify, <coughs> and uh, actually the end of the pasuk is uh, is uh, um, uh, right? Yeah, I meaning it's a it's a shield forever. So what is it? Is it something that purifies me or is it a shield? He's saying from the from the Pasok itself you could see the, the distinction. That zacha, if he has the right attitude and the right intention, then it will purify him for life, meaning it'll make his life better. It still purifies you because it teaches you, so it makes you pure. But if not, it will it will like refine you to death, meaning it wipes you out. Okay, so it can go either way. Yurat Hashem, Omed That uh, the fear of Hashem is pure, it stands forever. This is a person who learns Torah in purity. because he, le- he gets married first, and then he learns, so therefore his mind is not on girls and all that, he's able to focus. Hashem um, the testimony of Hashem is faithful. Abba The Torah is faithful to testify about who did and didn't keep it properly. Okay, now uh, ma, uh, It says that 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 the uh, I, the parochet was and When it's talking about the um, the weaving in the mishkan, it's, it uses the word uh, Which one is it? that they would weave in the place that they thought, meaning that first they would make an outline of what they were going to do. By the design and then they would do it that's what it means Khoshev. maseh Khoshev means planned out and okay like the way that like if you're cutting wood you put a line or if, if you know if you go to the to uh, have uh, your clothes mended or something like that they put a chalk or something on there and then they yeah yeah they, 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 now yeah, so it says Tanah Mishmeret <laughs> Rabbi Nechemia Rokem Masemachat. Rokem is different than Masem Choshev because that's because Rokem is Masemachat, meaning that's needle work. Vichach <laughs> Partzuf Echad Choshev Masem Oreg Vichach Shnei Partzufot. In other words, that if you do needlework, you can only make a design on one side, right? Does the other side you just see the back of it? You don't see the you don't see. But the, when, when they did Masek Choshev, it meant that they were able to do it in such a way that there was something on both sides. And we had at one time, we learned that there were two opinions. There was one opinion that said you could actually see a different design on the other side than you saw on one side. It wasn't the same thing on both sides. It was actually that they, they were so good that they could show one image on one side and, one, and a different image on the other side doing the weaving. But the idea of choshev is taking it to a different level. It's not just weaving, but it's a double-sided kind of a weaving where both sides have a significance. It's not just that you're seeing the back of it; you're actually seeing something either the same image, but you know exactly the same reflected there, or you're seeing a, even a different image reflected on the other side. So, we'll <laughs> continue.